Welcome to Outbound, where we talk about strategies and tactics to help you build deeper relationships with your ideal customers. Today on the show, I have Mark Colgan. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Joseph. Great to be here. Um, yeah. So Mark, give me a, a 30,000 foot overview of who you are and, and what you're up to. Ooh, okay. How long do we have? Um, no. Uh, so 14 years experience in B2B sales and marketing. I've taught courses on outbound prospecting through Sales Impact Academy. And I used to run an agency, which is Speak on Podcasts, which relied on outbound essentially to secure guest interviews on other people's podcasts. And now I help agency owners with their sales, either generating more pipeline with outbound uh, and also closing those deals with sales process design and optimizations. Mark, what is your secret sauce for building relationships with your ideal customers? Yeah, so I'm not sure this has a label uh, necessarily, but um, it's essentially creating thought leadership and then using that thought leadership to in your outbound prospecting campaigns to start those conversations and build the relationships with the customer. So it's a little bit like having your own podcast and, and inviting people onto the show, but this is for a very lean marketing operation or something that doesn't require too many resources. Yeah. So yeah, give me a little bit more detail on that. So you're saying curating content. What is that? What does that mean? Or what does that look like? Yeah. So essentially you, you need to think about what are the challenges that your prospects are facing. And sometimes it makes sense to step away from what your product or solution does or what your service is and see what those overall challenges are. And then essentially you want to create some content, which helps them overcome some of those challenges that they're likely to face. And you reach out to industry thought leaders or people who know what they're talking about, the experts that have maybe been there, done that before, uh, and you create content with them. The way that I did it was I reached out to three different experts and I asked th the, the three different experts the same question. So I had about four or five questions lined up. And the question was really around what are the things to consider in your sales department after you've raised a round of funding, specifically a series A round of funding. And the whole reason we created this, Joseph, is because we found that we were getting inbound inquiries and people were signing up to work with a company that I was working at, at the time just after they raised a round of funding because they realized they needed lead research and list building, which was the service that we offered. Um, so we thought, okay, th there's a pattern here. What can we do to have more conversations with people at this stage in their journey when they might be looking for our service ultimately? And then is that more of a marketing piece to bring people to your website or how did you use that in the sales process? Yeah, so we put together, we recorded the video interviews. They were only about 10, 15 minutes each. We split them into the, the different questions that we had. So I think there was four in the end that made the final cut. So you have four questions where you get three kind of different answers. And what's great is when they all say a similar thing as well, because then you know that you're speaking to the right people. Uh, we then created a quite comprehensive blog post, which was the considerations after raising your Series A funding for sales. Uh, and then we also summarized that and gave key takeaways. So sometimes it's great hearing the theory from the thought leaders, but how do you put it into practice? What are the actual tactics? So we gave those suggestions as well. Um, so it was a marketing play, but then we used our outbound engine that we had built for our sales prospecting to reach out to prospects who had just raised around a funding. And we encouraged them to hit reply on the email. Uh, so that we can send the link to the resource, send the link to, to the blog post, essentially, which had the video embedded in there. What we didn't want to do is just assume they wanted to see it. And we didn't include the actual link in the first email, because again, we wanted to start those conversations. Okay. So you, you were using this as a, as a way to generate an initial conversation because you, you, 
so you were you doing research on these prospects and you you knew when you're reaching out to them that they were getting ready to to go through that process or how did you how did you figure out who to send it to it's a great question. So because we were speaking to experts who had helped to build sales teams and help them go from that series A funding to series B, we knew that once somebody had raised that round of funding, they're now thinking, crap, how do I do what I need to do with all this VC pressure and all these new targets? How am I going to get there? And for some organizations, that's taking a sales-led approach by hiring SDRs, having AEs and building out their sales function. So we just use Crunchbase as our source of data and every month we would pull a list of all these uh, B2B, mostly SaaS companies. There were some service-based businesses as well um, that had raised a round of funding in the previous month. So every month we had a whole new list of hundreds of uh, prospect companies that, were, that had raised a round of funding and they might need our solution. I think that's the key thing here as well, Joseph. They might, not all of them obviously converted into customers, but we were still there in their inbox providing value and building that relationship with them. And a couple of those customers took nine, 10 months to convert, but they came back to us when they realized that the majority of their sales development reps were spending time research. And there was this company that had reached out to them in the past. They weren't too salesy, but they provided value. So they thought they'd get in touch with us then. So I was actually surprised to see in nine, 10 months time in our lead source that it came from this uh, kind of thought leadership content that we uh, we shared. So what, were, what did your follow-up look like after you sent that initial email and then, you know, they click through what, what did you guys do after that to uh, keep moving that conversation or the relationship forward? Yeah. So if we got a, a reply, like a positive reply saying, yeah, sure. Send it over. We would reply with a link to the, um, to the resource on our blog. We had it optimized for, this is what we do book a call and at the bottom in the footer. So we had calls to actions throughout the, um, throughout the actual article because it was quite lengthy. Um, and then in our, um, when we sent that positive reply, response to them. We also explained just a little bit about what we did there. Uh, we then followed up with them in about a week or so's time saying, appreciate there was a lot to take in. Did you take any learnings from it? Was it applicable for you? Again, every time we're just trying to start a conversation. We're not trying to say, book a call with us or schedule a call now. Are you free at 4 p.m. on Thursday? It's more start the conversation. Is this a problem that you're facing? Because we might be able to help you. Yeah. So it's creating content with people who know what they're talking about that solves a pain point or a problem for your ideal customers that you know is going to stick out to them. And then when they respond and say, Hey, yeah, I'm having that problem. I'd love that resource. Then you're just following up right in line with what you sent them as far as, you know, was there anything that stuck out to you or, you know, any other, any other areas of this article that um, you felt didn't go deep enough or, you know, you could pick all kinds of different ways to go to, to build a relationship, start a conversation with that person without trying to close a deal within that first initial email thread or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, and a few, so one of the things, one of the advice that the, uh, the thought leader shared was hiring is going to be very important and getting your first sales hire or building out your sales team is instrumental for whether you're going to get from A to B and how quickly you can get there. So a lot of people came back to us. Well, I say a lot, several people came back to us and said, um, hiring is something they need to focus on. It really resonated with them, but do we recommend they speak to anybody? So then I'm going back going, ah, I didn't expect that. So uh, let me go and find some people that recruit sales talent into these types of organizations. I had a conversation with them just to kind of vet them out. I used to work in recruitment, Joseph, so that was a little bit helpful. Um, and then I went back to those people that responded and shared a couple of links to people that I said that I'd spoken to and they potentially can help. So here's a link to their profile. Or here's their email address if you want to get in touch. 
tell them that Mark sent you and they should look after you. Again, just giving value without expecting anything in return. I, I wasn't expecting to close those deals or was I thinking about starting a new service where we did hiring for sales reps. But just the thing that's always served me well in marketing and in sales is giving first without expecting anything in return. I try and deposit as much goodwill in as many banks as, as I can. And just somehow eventually the universe, I'm not particularly a woo-woo type person either, Joseph, but it has come back in and, and benefited me in the long run. Yeah, so just creating content to be helpful and then your follow-up is helpful and you're still letting them know what you do. So it's not like you're just purely doing this um, from a standpoint of, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but sometimes marketers, because since you were in sales, I think you, <laughs> you, it sounds like you didn't fall into this trap, can um, create a piece of content that doesn't give any idea about what you do. And it's all about solving that pain point, which sounds great until then nobody has any idea what you do or how you help them solve the problem. Um, and so you're also at the same time saying, hey, here's some ways that we could help you with that. Uh, and, and you're bringing that in, but then you're also just helping them with things that you don't necessarily do to add value to them. And the more that you're doing that, the more people go, oh man, Mark's the kind of guy that I'd, I'd really like to work with. And you're building that trust and rapport. Yeah, absolutely. And I had customers or clients of mine at Speak On Podcast, which is the more recent agency that I worked with at Task Drive that I worked with previously in different uh, agencies or even as a consultant. So I know that giving out as much value and sharing as much and not really gating uh, all of this content it just pays dividends in the future. I just can't tell you. A little bit like going to an event, Joseph. Like, what's the ROI of going to Inbound in in Boston um, last month? And it's just like, well, it's a bit hard to tell. It's only been two months since the event, but there is likely to be things that come out of it. But you can't attribute everything. So uh, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do some of the things that you can't attribute. If you're in sales and using LinkedIn and you're not getting the traction you're looking for, you're going to love our Social Selling Accelerator. It's a four-week program where we work with you to create content that gets the attention of the right people and start conversations with your ideal customers on LinkedIn. Go to outboundshow.com for more information. Yeah, so we kind of already talked through this a little bit, but what are, what are two or three things that somebody can do practically? You know, if there's a salesperson listening to this, they don't have some huge marketing department behind them that can, you know, run all the stuff and manage all the things behind the scenes what could you do as a individual sales contributor to test something like this out yourself and, and uh, try to bring it in to your company? As an IEC, you could simply go to one of the big software vendors in your industry or that serves the same audience that you do, but they're not competitors of yours and look at some of the content that they've produced and just summarize it and give your thoughts or your take or your opinion on it. Put that in a Google doc. We could keep it really simple. It doesn't even have to be a polished website page. And you could use that to reach out to people to say, hey, I've uh, the SDR benchmark report had 104 pages. I've summarized it into two pages and given my opinion. Would you like me to share it with you? I've covered some things that you might want to consider as you move into 2024. Like I just made that one up, Joseph, but that's a, a take any topic, take any vendor, take their big piece of content and kind of summarize it. Um, but you really have to start with understanding like what are the problems and pain points that are, my prospects are facing and like I said at the beginning, it doesn't have to be that's connected to your solution. So like I said, we don't do anything to do with hiring or raising funds, yet we knew that our prospects had raised funds and therefore might need some help with hiring and some other considerations. So what's happening in that prospect's universe that you could potentially help them out with, 
even if it's not directly related to the service or product that, that you're selling. Um, and then if you did want to go down the route of speaking to some industry experts, it's actually quite easy these days on LinkedIn to see people who are constantly posting about these topics, sometimes just the keyword or even using a, um, a hashtag search on, on LinkedIn will find some people. You obviously need to know a little bit about the topic they're speaking to make sure that there's depth to, to their knowledge. And then I reached out to five or six people, if I remember correctly, and three came back to me. So it didn't take a lot of work for me to actually start the conversation with the thought leader. And I explained what the process was. I was going to interview them, I was going to edit, put it together. They'll have a video, happy to share it with them, unbranded so they can use it themselves. And of, of course, they get to sign off on, on the content before it goes live. And everybody was just very happy with that. We were almost doing a bit of marketing for them by putting it in front of our own existing audience and then the potential new audience that we were going to reach out to. Yeah, I love that. That's really, really practical. And I've seen similar thing, whether it's, you know, my focus over the last couple of years has been podcasts and, and doing live shows. So slightly different um, model, but similar idea where you're just reaching out, you're adding value to whoever it is that you're reaching out to by letting them share their point of view and their perspective and making them look good. And the more that you make them look good, the, the better relationship you're going to have after you're done with that show. And, you know, same thing, you don't have to have expertise in that area. So you could, as an individual contributor, um, going into a completely new industry, you could still interview industry experts and you don't have to know a thing. And, you know, or you could interview your, your prospects directly and start building relationships with them. And it's not necessarily a problem that you solve. Like you said, it's something that they have expertise in and it works great. And people, the response rate is really high for, for inviting people to come on a show or create content um, because most people want to share their point of view. And if you reach out to them and say, Hey, you have something valuable to share and I, I want other people to hear it. I mean, <laughs> most people will say yes to something like that. Yeah, the, the majority of people are good people. Sometimes you catch them at a bad time when they're a bit too busy or they're focusing on a project or they're stressed about something, but you can't be too disheartened with the negative replies that you may get or neutral replies that you may get. There'll always be other people you could reach out to. You, you made a really interesting point there, Joseph, that I want to su suggest an additional tip for, and it really helps when it comes to prospecting and outbound in general. So what I teach in one of the courses about outbound prospecting is if you're a new SDR, BDR, or you're just new to selling to this environment and to this prospect, what I recommend that you do is you go and have a look on LinkedIn and you search for the job descriptions or the job adverts of the people that you're trying to sell to. So a really easy example is to use head of HR or head of people in B2B organizations. And you can filter these job searches down to pick uh, the right companies. And then what you're looking for, open up 10 different job adverts and then look for the responsibilities, the objectives, uh, what is it, what is required from the individual. So oftentimes with this head of HR, the re I've used this all the time as an example, but they're often required to be the internal domain expert when it comes to all things HR and uh, employer relations, employee relations, sorry. So that's a problem or that's a challenge that they have. Like, how do they stay on top of that? So that's something I'm going to bank in my head to use in my conversations, in my emails, and maybe in my content when I'm reaching out to that head of HR in this particular example. But look at 10 different adverts and you'll start to see, oh, six of these adverts have all said the same thing. Perhaps this is something I can pursue or perhaps I can bring this up in conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a pause here because that's... <laughs> that's... That's a really great nugget. And I, uh, 
I haven't done that before. So I definitely am going to be thinking about how to, how to incorporate that. Cause that's, that's really helpful, even just in doing market research and, you know, researching your ICP, whether you're in sales or marketing, um, understanding your prospect is huge. And that's a great way to start to understand what they're re responsible and accountable for. Yeah. And, and it changes all the time, right? So four years ago, nobody ever said you need to know TikTok, but now you're getting uh, hired for a role in B2B. And one of the objectives or one of the bullet points on that job description might say, we need you to manage and control the, the TikTok um, uh, platform or the TikTok channel for part of our growth. So understanding how the changes are happening. Now, this only happens if you're looking at these adverts on a consist consistent basis over time. But one way to take it a step further is save the job alert and the URL, URL, and then put it in your calendar. I usually do it on a Friday afternoon, or I used to do it on a Friday afternoon around lunchtime. You know, not a lot of work happens on a Friday afternoon most of the time, uh, but this is like a really easy bit of work that you can do just to have a scan of the new job adverts that have been added and keep making notes of what you're seeing and what the trends are. And if you set that recurring on a, on a weekly basis and look at three or four every week, you're going to be able to stay on top of the changes and the changes that your prospects are facing. Brilliant. Um, Mark, what is the wildest thing that's ever happened to you in your sales career? Cool. So this one is a little bit left field, but I actually cold DM'd my now fiance uh, on Instagram after seeing her profile on Bumble, one of the dating apps. She didn't match with me. She had her Instagram account on there. So I took a screenshot, I sent the, uh, the direct message to her and I used a lot of the techniques I teach in, in cold emailing or use today. So it was personalized, it used humor. I linked back to the, the, the first line of personalization as well. And uh, yeah, we're getting married next year. I love it, success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> I mean, people are people, right? And buyers and, and uh, people looking for a significant other are are really maybe not that that much different. We're trying to build trust and rapport and, you know, make sure somebody's not completely crazy. And so some of the same techniques definitely apply to normal right life relationships and and business relationships. Awesome, man. Well thanks Mark for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate having you on and um, yeah, look forward to to continuing to have conversation with you in the future. Cheers, Joseph. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.